You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Sponsored by Advanced Track, helping you as an accountant confidently choose between outsourcing and offshoring. It's Rob Brown here with a bonus episode of the Accounting Influencers Podcast, where we bring to you influential leaders in the accounting, fintech, bookkeeping world and talk about the issues of the day. And in a part two of these bonus episodes, we're focusing on an awards project that was run by Ignition called the Top 50 Women in Accounting. This was a very involved process involving nominations from all over the world with two and a half thousand female professionals of which 50 were chosen. I was one of the judges on the panel. We had Rebecca Halowich, Mihalowicz, one of the organizers from Ignition doing a bonus episode like this. I'm thrilled to have with me today from the ICB, Amy Copeland. Good day to you. Hello. I'm so pleased to be here, Rob. Thanks for having well, me. It's beautiful to have you in with us, Amy. For people that haven't come across you, tell us a bit about what you do in the organization you represent. Well, I am the CEO of ICB, that's the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers. So we are the governing body for bookkeepers. And we are in a world in which there are lots and lots of accountancy professional bodies. We are the only one that's dedicated to bookkeepers, which makes us very unique. And bookkeepers, we believe, are incredibly unique within the accounting space. And part of that is because we are majority women. So 78% of our members are women, which uh, makes it a really, really special place to work. But I became CEO at the beginning of this year. And ICD is all about empowering bookkeepers, because we can see that bookkeepers empower businesses. So we are an organization of around 15,000 students and members in the UK, but we have sister bodies around the world, and students all over the place. So for a lot of people, bookkeeping can be quite a obviously a fun career but a little bit of an alternative to that quite kind of tied and trusted tried and tested accountancy route uh, which usually involves working in a firm you know trying to get to partner qualifying through possibly a degree route so we offer a little bit of an alternative to that uh, that kind of common journey and as a result we seem to have attracted a lot of women and I think it's partly because our courses are quite accessible for people who are studying around other commitments. So usually for women still, it is quite often the childcare. So I think that's probably why we've attracted such a strong number of women. But what it's done is made our community so, so warm and welcoming and really, really supportive. So it's a, it's a really lovely place to work. There's so much good stuff in there. I'd love to unpack <laughs> I'm just thinking of how warm your community is. I'm thinking of our church and the women's meetings uh, are much more popular than the men's meetings because women get together, they talk, they are community, they are social creatures. Men, we tend not to do that unless it's specifically revolved around an activity. Let's eat something, let's blow something up, let's throw something at something, let's play something, and then you will get men together. But the conversation generally is quite superficial but we do know that if women are at the heart of a community it will be vibrant that's basically what you're saying isn't it mm, 
Yeah, very vibrant. We're, we're good at connecting. And we do have, we have lots of gentlemen as well. They are very welcome and people on every end of the spectrum. And, but just, you know, fundamentally an incredibly welcoming, supportive community. And what our members say a lot is part of that is because obviously they're, you know, very good at communicating, but it's because there's so much business out there. And one of the really nice things we're witnessing is I think the, the end client or the businesses recognizing more than ever that bookkeeping is really fundamental to the process of getting all of your your numbers right and running a successful business and what they get from these amazing bookkeepers most of whom are women is this ongoing support and so that supportiveness that they give to the community is also given to those those clients and those businesses so it kind of it's like a 360 love-in basically yeah <laughs> and now that you're ceo of icb amy to what degree have you felt you needed to raise your own personal profile and be more influential in your role? Mm, mm, that's a good question. It's, uh, yeah, it's, to be honest, I want to do it more and more. And I, I actually spent the first six months of the year until, yeah, now, really focusing on our internal team and making sure that I had the right people around me because we have such a privileged position being that that only body that's dedicated to bookkeepers we need to make sure that we've got a really purpose-driven passionate team um, you know steering the organization forward and one of the things I've been saying at some events that we've been running recently we run this mid-year event called the Inspire Tour and I guess traditionally the idea was that we would go around to all parts of the UK and inspire bookkeepers but it kind of it turned out very much like they were inspiring us basically I know that just sounds completely cheesy but they are just yeah our bookkeepers are doing so well and just to kind of bring that back to your your question we have to keep raising our game because our bookkeepers have raised their game so we've got the right team now in place I think we've got some really cool uh, leaders and some great people in our kind of member services team and so now we're at the point where right let's do something to really keep re-earning our members trust basically and part of that is definitely raising the profile of icb raising the profile of bookkeepers and of course raising my profile as well so a key part of that was it was really really nice to get this um you know be shortlisted of, as one of the top 50 women in accounting amongst some incredible women and yeah and what an honor but i can say this honestly i'm not trying to just be humble because I am not actually an accountant myself and I'm not a bookkeeper either. So this really truly is, I think, an award that speaks to the power of our community. So I think it is the achievements of our members that has, has won me this award. Well, as a judge on this awards panel, one of many judges, we did have thousands to sift through and I had my batch of 50 uh, very influential women to judge on a, a range of criteria. And if it was actually voted by the public, you would have a, a huge community behind you to put in your vote, but it was voted by independent judges. So you've won it on its merits, Amy. And I suppose it, it's testament to the fact that you don't need to be an accountant or a bookkeeper to influence business, to influence a community, to influence the profession, do you? The cause is really great. We've just onboarded somebody new in the team this morning. And I was just going through, she's, you know, the HR person has put it into the schedule that she has an onboarding with the CEO. And I talk about the vision and the values. And, um, and it's just four short slides. And I was like, yeah, I actually really believe in this. I really believe in this. And just talking about our commitment to continuing to empower bookkeepers and provide this kind of trusted benchmark for the profession. But it's, I guess what I'm trying to say is 
it's quite an easy thing to do when you really believe in in what you're doing so yeah Good. i think you could say you don't you don't really need any qualifications as long as you believe in what what you're doing <laughs> well you're certainly an ambassador for the role in a ceo i know some ceos that take very much a back seat and they let the operational people do stuff day to day but you're someone that represents a community represents a movement represents a professional body so in I don't know if you nominated yourself or you were nominated for this, but you would have had to submit and gather a lot of information around certain criteria to justify that nomination. So you'll have done a huge amount of work to even just get nominated. Talk to us a little bit about your journey of pushing yourself forward like that into a more prominent role and, and going for an award like this. Yeah, that's a good question because I, I think becoming CEO is one of those things where... Um, to a certain extent, you have to forget your own personal sense of your limits. And for me, I certainly am drawn towards things that scare me. So if I feel like it's difficult, or I feel like it's hard and I can't do it, that's where I feel like I should be going. So that's kind of almost my way of, of sensing whether something's worthwhile, which unfortunately does lead me into doing things where I completely mess up and I'm not prepared, to be honest. And I'm one of those people who's like, well, let's just put it in the calendar and then I've got like a hard deadline and I'll, I know I'll do it. But sometimes it doesn't always work out. And we just ran this series of events called the Inspire Tour, like I say. And I've, I, I did the opening welcome and I did my first 30 minute opening welcome in Edinburgh at the beginning of June. And it didn't go very well. I was so nervous. And it was weird because I was chatting to everybody beforehand and really enjoying myself and talking to all of these bookkeeping practice owners who'd come out to meet us having a great time and then suddenly I was up there trying to think oh what am I trying to say that's you know interesting and going to teach them something but it's going to you know be inspirational and I kind of read something the next day somebody said well you know it wouldn't have you, what would you have learned if you went on and it was easy and I thought god that's so true and we have to learn really to give give ourselves a bit of a break and quite often, particularly in accountancy and, and bookkeeping, there is this tendency towards perfectionism. And certainly as women, that is something that we do really badly, isn't it? It's just, you know, you because you're constantly striving to do everything and be perfect and, you know, be the perfect leader, team member, possibly mother, carer, etc. It's, um, yeah, I think we take on a lot of pressure. And sometimes you just need to be able to just let it go and say, you know what, everyone messes up. And if I don't put myself out there, I'll never know if I can do it. You mentioned off air, Amy, that idea of imposter syndrome and it's that, will I be found out? Do I really deserve this? Am I worthy of this? And the other aspect to what you're saying is, I know you're in bookkeeping where it's predominantly female, but in the accounting profession generally, that is a male-dominated environment. Even though actually these days, slightly more women take accounting qualifications than men. Men are much more... Uh, present in the leadership positions, the positions of influence. And there are many, many reasons for that. We've done a series of panels on this podcast with some very senior leaders of associations and female managing partners of big accounting firms to unpack that diversity angle. And, and some of them even talk about the defeminization that they've been through to be more accepted in a man's world. And uh, there's a lot of that going on. But Certainly, there's no room for imposter syndrome. You are there, you are the brand, you are the front of it. And whether you feel like it or not, whether you're confident or not, you've got to get up on stages like this and ensure that you believe in what you're doing. Mm. Yes, I do. I've not heard that phrase before, defeminization. I quite like that. 
Somebody actually, one of my team, he doesn't work here anymore, but he criticized me as being too nice. Okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, your days are numbered. No more Mr. Nice Guy. But I just, I'll show you how nice I can be. You're fired. <laughs> it just seemed like such an odd criticism for a person that they're too nice. And I kind of, you know, I just, obviously, you know, you immediately take offense. Then I thought, well, actually, now I can learn from this. And what I learned really was that I have no problem with being nice. I want to be nice. And, you know, can, you know, can I be nice without it being a bad thing? And yeah, I think certainly can. But I guess that kind of speaks to that idea of, you know, do we have to be less emotional? Do we have to be less kind and fair? Um, no, no, I don't think we can. But I, I've been very lucky because I actually, you know, with complete disclosure, I, I, I took over from my parents who set up ICB 27 years ago. And, you know, so my kind of form of imposter syndrome is just always trying to prove that I'm, I'm here because I deserve it. But I think at the same time, I've been really lucky to work alongside my parents who obviously kind of ultimately do believe in me. At the same time, I did have to kind of almost felt like to a certain extent, I had to kind of pull it from their, pull it from their grasp to a certain extent and really sort of prove that I really wanted it because I think they probably were a little bit reluctant to kind of um, put it on my shoulders as it were. But that kind of gives you, you know, so I suppose it's kind of a blessing and a curse really. Yeah, always that kind of imperative to prove yourself. And you, I think I try to remind myself that you, although I did, to be honest, I still don't believe this, you know, but they say you are your own worst critic. But I was just thinking, I don't, oh, I still don't know if that's really true because probably people are thinking some terribly nasty things. But again, I think the way we deal with that often as women is to just try really, really hard and keep working harder than everybody else just to prove yourself, which is a shame, isn't it? And, um, and I read somewhere that, you know, this idea that, that men will apply for a job for which they're underqualified and women will only apply for jobs for which they're overqualified. And how, gosh, how just sad and self-defeating that is. Um, but, you know, that, it's really interesting to see that kind of stuff because it helps you recognise these traits in yourself. Well, there's a lot of strong women out there with influential voices and you're becoming one of them in your role who are changing the narrative from I'm too nice, I'm too feminine, I'm too soft to that's a good thing because in these days of mental health, mental well-being, we do need to be a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more authentic and real, mm. and less domineering, less driven, less testosterone driven if you like that that narrative of you've got to be a strong, powerful leader with no cracks in your armor. That's not realistic these days. Nobody can withstand any pressure and still convey that kind of reputation so female leaders if they do have a softer side that's appealing certainly to a lot of people coming through who don't take well to that didactic autocratic style of leadership and you know that's something that I've always really admired about the kinds of practices that we license so bookkeeping businesses are really really progressive employers and it's partly because they have chosen bookkeeping because it's flexible, because they can build the practice, practice that they want to get them where they want to be. And so they tend to be very open-minded when they employ people. So they'll employ people, I had never heard this phrase before, but the 10 till tours, where you work from 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. So you can drop the kids off quite often and pick them up again. And they are just very open-minded and, you know, partly though, you know, some of them are working part-time, they've got subcontractors, and they're really, really open to building businesses that fit around themselves. And that for me is just so cool 
visiting all of these different cities and speaking to these women who were like, you know what, my business is really centered around me. And I just do what I what I want to do. So people who'd built businesses up and had staff and then decided, you know what, I don't want to have employees anymore, or I want to have Fridays off. And then they, you know, they shrink their business down and just the flexibility and that kind of empowerment. It just, it really does feel like this big kind of feminist, feminist dream. <laughs> well, my bookkeeper, Sarah, I talk to her more than my accountant. Mm-hmm. And she's very strong at saying, this is how I work. This is when I work. This is where I work. This is what I will do for you. I will be brilliant, mm. but it's basically on my terms. She said, it's it's, that's on her terms. And it's, it's a service business. You know, to be able to give great service, but have those boundaries is really interesting. And for some of our newer practices, I think that's often where they struggle. And that's where you, you know, the, with more experience comes that ability to, to actually say, look, no, I'm confident enough in what I do that I'm going to do it on my own terms. But yeah, that's a really amazing thing and I don't have to always say yes to the client and I don't have to pander to the client and I don't have to take calls from them at nine o'clock at night or on a weekend because if I'm ahead of what I'm doing then emergencies like that don't really come up so handling your business well gives you the right to work on your terms let's pivot for a moment Amy and talk about how much your life has changed since you were nominated as one of the top 50 women I imagine Walking into shops now and down the road, you're accosted for autographs. The paparazzi are all over you and um, doing these town halls and tours that you're doing. You're mobbed by people. Life's different now, surely. <laughs> there has been a subtle transformation, not just to my LinkedIn profile, which I changed instantly. I was like, right, that's going right in that little. Good for you. You're proud of it. You should be. Yeah, um, I am super proud. And, and also what I would say is the... We're all also, all of the top 50 are all messaging each other on LinkedIn and being like, oh, it's so great to be alongside you and saying all these incredibly kind of gushing, deferential things to each other, which is so, like, so great. And this is why I just love women so much. But it it certainly is, like, actually, I suppose, you know, I don't know if I've ever, like, won anything in my life. So, But yeah, it validates really what you're doing. It must do. It, it is very validating, exactly. And this, you know, and it reminds me of, you know, things like we we run an awards show for bookkeepers right. called the Luca Awards. We call it the Oscars of the bookkeeping world. We give out these little statuettes, like gold statuettes. They look a bit like a an Oscar, but they're right. actually um, a monk called Luca Pacioli, who most accountants will know, I'm sure, but the, you know, the godfather of, of accountancy. But, you know, these... Often we are qualifying people into this profession who don't have A-levels. They, you know, sometimes they don't have you know, proper school qualifications, let alone degrees. And that makes us a little bit different from a lot of accountants, I think. And to see these people winning these awards and you know, these, these moments are, are just, yeah, this is what we kind of tre- cherish, I think, at ICB is, is really being able to celebrate people who haven't necessarily been celebrated before and particularly bookkeepers who kind of by their nature are supportive and altruistic and perhaps not necessarily the most outgoing people who love to shout about themselves you know kind of putting that spotlight on a profession that often is seen as you know just just a little person in the corner doing the numbers and you know to think that before ICB began 27 years ago there wasn't a professional body for bookkeepers there there weren't professional qualifications for bookkeepers it's kind of shocking really considering what a valuable part of the accountancy process they're in charge of so that's yeah so we were kind of born out of that desire to 
to celebrate people that needed celebrating but weren't so yeah I would yeah all power to getting getting an award being recognized it does it does make you feel a bit more confident and we all need a bit more confidence well kudos to ignition it's a software provider a, a fintech vendor if you like and they have taken it upon themselves to grasp this space to earn something of the narrative and to play up the role of women in professional services like accounting and bookkeeping a huge amount of work they've put in to create in this a lot goes on behind the scenes as you can imagine and then after it's done the publicity the marketing the, the publishing of those winners nominees the whole criteria everything else it's a massive engine that doesn't make a profit it's not a revenue generating arm for the business but they feel it's important and you presumably feel the same way. It's great to get behind initiatives like this. It's such a unique thing, isn't it, for Ignition? And it's just, it's not, like you say, it is not easy. I think they had over 2,000 applications, all of them you know, painstakingly submitted, like mine. And it is something that is, yeah, it's so serious and it is such a wonderful contribution, I think. And like I say, even just for me, like extending my network to all of these amazing women in accountancy has been, yeah, what a privilege. It's been great talking to you today, Amy, and getting a feel for your role and, and how women can elevate themselves to positions to gain more voice and more influence for what they're doing. Just in closing, what advice would you give to females? And let's not go down the gender route because there's males and females and probably a lot of things in between, but just talking to females as you and I would know them, what advice would you give to them to elevate their voice, to step into leadership roles or if they are in leadership roles how do they leverage the power they have in those roles by virtue of their job title or a community they they oversee what advice would you give to them to make the most of what they've got god how to say something succinctly when there are so many things <laughs> i think one of the things i said actually in my application um or my nomination was sometimes you've just got to get out of your own way and I see it actually with my kids as well. You know, the fear in you isn't a signal for you to stop doing what you're doing. That is just something that you, you need to accept and get past. And I say it all the time to my kids as well. You know, it's not, bravery is not having no fear. It's feeling the fear and doing it anyway. So for me, that, you know, comes a little bit easier for me, for me because I kind of, like if somebody says I can't do something, I'm like, well, I will, now I'm going to do it. And, um, you know, whatever it is, laying the patio, trying to get a nomination for something, it doesn't really matter. So it, it does come more naturally to some people. So, you know, you've got to accept that. Whatever you've got going on in your mind, that kind of on, that ongoing monologue, unless it serves you, unless it's, it's trying to get you to, to be better, then you just have to try to ignore it and, and kind of flip the switch. And I think it's that kind of flipping it, yeah, kind of flipping it to being that kind of growth mindset. I love a growth mindset. I don't think I've quite achieved it myself, but I love it when I see it in other people. And a lot of, we had a panel discussion at the Inspire Tour and I was just like, wow, you know, this practice owner was talking about how her clients, even the bad clients help her be better and help her learn how to, to provide the service better. And it's that idea that whatever lessons you're learning are just ways to help you achieve something new. And all the bad things are potentially opportunities to, again, learn something new and, and, and kind of progress through where you want to be. So, you know, Sheryl Sandberg had a great book, didn't she? Lean In, which was a great kind of call to arms for women. But I think also what I would say is, is lean on. Don't be afraid to lean on your network and lean on people who inspire you. Because particularly for women, I think if you know people reach out to me all the time and 
you know, ask for information or support or, you know, and I'm trying to also, as I raise my profile, meet other women and, and try to get support from them. So make like a good bookkeeper, I suppose, and remember to lean on your network because people love to help. And that was it. That was my analogy with bookkeepers. <laughs> Amy Copeland, CEO of the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers. That's been a joy to speak to you today. Thanks for stepping up. Thanks for leaning in. Thanks for sharing some of your stories and for being a great example to the female professionals out there. As a father of two daughters, I totally get that as well. It's nice to champion the cause. And in these days of diversity and inclusion and everyone having a say, it's been great to hear some of your passion and your insights. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Rob. You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. Sponsored by Advanced Track, helping you as an accountant confidently choose between outsourcing and offshoring. Thank you.